watching glee which like put me in this like oh my very silly mood because i have officially i'm still in the fifth season but i've hit like the point where like the glee club is like getting disbanded and so everyone comes back to school for like two weeks and i'm like quinn you go to yale i never watched that far i don't think it is so funny. <laughs> I I actually during my like Glee rewatch, um, I did hit a wall in the third season that I did not overcome. Oh uh, yeah. I think once like the weird little leprechaun storyline, <laughs> I was just like, I don't think that I could do this right now, and then I just kind of pieced. I do question my sanity every time I watch it. I'm like, am I okay? <laughs> It it makes you feel crazy, like... I mean, but listen, like, currently, we have Gwyneth Paltrow back. She comes back? Honey, what does Ryan Murphy have on you? No, he honestly, he, she sold her soul to him at some point because she just keeps on doing his little shows when she could do so much more. I know. Also, I, she does strike me as someone who, like, truly does not care about the product. She just wants the work and the money. She famously did not remember that she was in Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. That was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like, any any Marvel actor that completely dismisses the Marvel Universe, I think is iconic, just as a rule. But is... I only have, like, oh. I have less than, I want to say, like, 20 episodes. And then I'm, I'll oh be goodness. done with Glee. And then the curse is lifted. <laughs> I know. And I just need to, like, get through it. Yeah. So oh. I can only watch one bad show at a time. <laughs> um, good thing we're watching the best show of all time for this. I have so I have like twelve pages of notes here. Okay, I just yeah. At a certain point, my mind just like kind of turned to jelly, and I just kind of vibed. But I tried to take notes the whole time. <laughs> it was so. Oh my god. Should we get yeah. into it? Should we get into? First of all, um, hello, welcome. Yeah, welcome to or the whatever. secret life of two gay American teenagers. I yeah. am Aaron. And I am Jesse. And we are not teenagers. No, but we do have a secret. Um, <laughs> what's that secret, Aaron? Um, is it that we're gay? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of set that up without having a payoff, so I kind of tried to pawn it off on you there, and I apologize. Oh my goodness, someone asked me the other day, because our Twitter is up and running, you can follow us at your two gay friends. Your is yes, spelled you handle, are. by the way. Your two gay friends. And someone asked me if we were dating. Yes. <laughs> and I was like... Has that not been clear? <laughs> oh, boy, oh, oh boy, oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, so that's very funny, actually. I didn't know that that happened to you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we have a Twitter, Your Two Gay Friends, and we also have a Patreon. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what it is, to be I honest. I did not send so. the information to you. Okay, cool. That's fine. I, you know, to use a famous example, um, you sent me the Twitter information. <laughs> and then two days later, I was like, oh, wait, we must have a Twitter then. 
but um, I'm very excited about this. I watched these. I watched both episode three and four today, so oh, it's very uh-huh. fresh. Okay, I watched yesterday, so it's not as fresh, but like, are you rolling your eyes? I did the work ahead of time. Excuse you. <laughs> I was the kind of student who was like doing chemistry homework in like French class right before. Oh, wow. Wait, does that mean... I'm, I'm like getting mixed messages. Is that the thing we're aspiring to? Or is that the thing we're like supposed to be like, oh, procrastinator? I mean, I'm a, I'm a procrastinator. So. Okay. Also yesterday yeah. I spent the day with my niece and nephew, so... I couldn't oh, okay. really be like, hey, love you. I'm going to go watch two episodes of TV. I mean, I'm not sure why that wouldn't be okay. You could watch with them, honestly. <laughs> It'd be a good educational experience. But, um, yeah, we have this opening scene. Oh. We find out Amy's dad's name in these two episodes. Oh, do we? Yeah. What is... What's what's the name? His name is George. George Jurgens. But we still don't know her mom's name. So I said... Oh, yeah. We have mom and Ashley. They're at the gas station. Behind them, really big, there's a sign that says, Free tampons with Philip. Oh! <laughs> Absolutely the weirdest promotion I've ever heard. Okay, I have an embarrassing confession to make. Like, these tampons factor heavily into this episode. Or not really, but, like, in the first part, there is a point where I just have what's in the box, question mark, question mark. Because I must not have been paying attention. (laughs) So, speaking of Gwyneth Paltrow, um... Yeah, so I did not catch on to that promotion. Yeah, Hmm. I just... That was the first thing I noticed. I was like, oh, you fill your car up with gas and you get free tampons? I can't imagine in 2008, like, anywhere in America being liberated enough to advertise tampons, let alone give them away in a promotion. I know, like, I'm like, wow, that's incredible, like, but also, no. Yeah, like, that's a promotion that I think should be, well, first of all, they should just be free in general. Let's get that out of the way. True. But I think that would be, like, the best bundle for most promotions, because it's something, like, half of the u.s population or something needs yeah and they'd probably buy like a freaking zucchini or whatever if it meant they got them so just saying Uh, yeah i'm i'm with you but ashley is like she has like a (laughs) spaghetti strap tank top on and she's like sweatshirt draped like yeah she's like trying to the shoulders are out she's trying to um pose herself i think for the male gaze it seems like it. At least for sure her mother thinks that's why. And she says, what's wrong with showing a little cleavage? Because her mom was concerned she didn't keep her sweater on at school, but she did. I constantly forget that she's 13 because she acts like a 17-year-old. Um, which I think is her point, potentially. Or just they did that thing with that they always do where they cast older people mm-hmm. to play teens. But... Yeah, I keep on going back and forth between like, yeah, you go, liberated, and then being like, wait, you are a child. She (laughs) is a child. And her mama says, and her mom says, less is more. Be mysterious. I will say the follow-up line by Ashley, after she says less is more, and she's like, I thought this was what you meant. (laughs) Beautiful. Um, Ashley is a star. (laughs) But then a girl, like a guy is checking her out. And yeah. her mom just goes, she's 13, you pervert. Like, like honestly, more power to you, Molly Ringwald. That's the right response. Um, yeah. Played for comedy. So um, I guess that 
makes it not disturbing. In this scene, we have some beef between their pediatrician, Dr. Hightower, and oh. the Jurgens. Molly Ringwald is stressed during this interaction. Very. Like, they are so, like, snippy with each other in a way that's shocking, considering the only, like, wrongdoing seems to be that Dr. Hightower has taken on Grace's dad as, like, her new partner in the, like, pediatric doctor whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, enough that Molly Ringwald is, like, pissed because he is married to her husband's ex-wife. Yes. Dr. Hightower said partner so many times during this. And she admitted that she wasn't married. So I was like, okay, just say you're a lesbian. Like, Mm. okay. Um, You know what? I would love that for her. I think she should be. I think so too. Yeah. I think she should be open to exploring that side of herself if she hasn't so far. You know what? Never say never. She has a really good haircut for it too. So (laughs) like, I think she could do well. Yeah. Truly. Um, also, it's just like, they're like talking about doctor stuff. And I'm like, maybe you shouldn't be talking about this at a gas station. Have you ever heard of this thing called HIPAA? Have you ever had a conversation with someone while filling up your tank? No, listen, I ran into my cat's vet at the grocery store. There's no HIPAA there. He's a doctor for my two cats. And I still avoided him. I said, oh, I course. do not want to talk to you. No. We both made yeah. eye contact. We recognized each other. And I said, I'm going to go down this aisle. Yeah. That's like, at the very least, you give like a nod or a wave. You don't like seek out conversation, especially at, again, I've never had a conversation with anyone at a gas pump. Cause like, I don't know. That just seems like a strange place to chat. Yeah. Especially during like a promotion like that. I'm sure they are busy. Exactly. And I, why is Ashley out of the car? If my mom told me to get out of the car when she was pumping gas, I would be like, okay, are you going to like leave me here? Yeah. Why was she, was she pumping the gas while like her mother got snacks or something or like ran in to get the tampons? I don't know. That's like my best guess is that she's just like not leaving the car unattended. I didn't even notice that, that that was weird is what this show is doing to my brain. Yeah, I know. Like, I saw this and I'm like, this is a normal place for them both to be outside just chatting while pumping gas. Yeah, I still don't understand the demographics of their town, too. Like, do they live in the suburbs? Do they live in the country? Do they live in a city? I don't know. And that's, is it, it must be the South, right? Because it's a, or wait, no, never mind. This is me demonstrating I don't know who Grant is. Who is Grant? Or isn't the isn't the high school like Grant High School? Oh, Ulysses S. Grant. Yeah, he was on yeah. the he was on the Union side. Okay, I was about to say it must be the South because they have a Grant <laughs> High School. Um, I don't know things. <laughs> I had a public high school education. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so that throws a whole wrench in my point. But there is this beef between Doctor Bowman and Molly Ringwald's character. I'm very confused yeah. though because Amy and Grace are not related at all. No. And they are they don't seem to know each other. <laughs> I know, and they're both fifteen. Yes. So I mean, the oh. divorce must have happened at least sixteen years ago, right? Yeah, and like if um is his name Tom? Who um Grace's brother, is that Tom? Oh yeah. He's older than Grace, right? Yeah. Yeah, the divorce is definitely at least as old as Tom is, I would assume. Yeah, so like very long. Yeah. So it's like, why are you 
Why is there still also, such hostility? And she was... Like, Molly Ringwald was not part of that divorce. Like, she m- married him after... Th- so, like, I get her having beef potentially with um, Grace's mom. Still, like, shaky ground to have beef after, like, 15 or more years because you both married the same asshole. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm not quite sure why she has such major beef with Enough beef with the man of her husband, or the man married to her husband's ex-wife, that she would start an argument about it, like, while pumping gas. Yeah. And, like, not get her children physicals, apparently, because of it. I know. So, I was like, there is so much drama about a checkup that doesn't eat, like, it's not even dramatic. Like, this, I have a feeling this entire episode... Like, they literally just included to be like, here's a bunch of information that you need to know for the next episode. Oh, for sure. Like, this this whole, this was kind of like, yeah, like you said, just kind of an info dump. Like, a lore dump if this was a fantasy series. Like, this was, um, here's what you missed on Glee. Yes. And just, like, explaining all the things that happened before the show mm-hmm. instead of, like, bringing those up in conversation. Yeah. But... Yeah, because, like, a major plot point of this episode seems to be that these two families are intertwined to a degree, Mm -hmm. kind of. So, the next scene we have is Amy with Lauren and Madison, her two best friends. We finally have names. It is so much nicer now that they do all have names. Yes. Like, just being able to be like, yes, Lauren, Madison, Alice, Henry. Yes, we find out Henry's name this episode. Finally. Oh my goodness, I was dying. I know. So, Amy's clothes aren't fitting anymore. She feels fat. Yeah. Madison's suggestion is a safety pin. You know how they put on diapers. Diapers. Yeah, Madison is an idiot. I do want to get that out of... (laughs) Like, I need to air that grievance right now. I hate Madison with all of my heart. Madison is so annoying. She's awful. But also, she's the one who probably acts the most like a teenager would, which might be what bothers me. <laughs> yeah. So, Ashley brings Amy the free tampons. And Amy's like, well, little hair, hair tuck, I don't need them. But Lauren does not want them, so... Madison is like, "Mm, I'll take them. Again, like, no, she has, like, no... Self-awareness? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Also, right before, and then we cut to the theme song performed by Molly Ringwald. But right before that, this is the only time all episode I noticed it. There was this weird, sad trombone music. What? If we want to go on this talk tangent real quick right now because this is a good time of any to do it about the background music of this show in general and how it does date the show back to like 1996 you know like it dates it so much further back like i don't know what background music was in 2012 but this did not feel like 2012 this felt like like cheesy 90s after school special like crazy stuff so i did a little digging on who the composer was if we want to get into that. I would love to get into it. Okay, let me find... The show's composer is one Dan Foliart, who composed for, get this, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, 90210, and Seventh Heaven. 
Okay, I was I was guessing there was overlap between Seventh Heaven. So definitely, this is someone that has worked with the creator before, as we stated previously. The creator also created Seventh Heaven, but I just thought it was very interesting. Apparently, he's like well regarded enough that he's working on these like A list shows at the time. But it seems like his style stopped developing right around Seventh Heaven. Yeah, you know, and he just like never bothered to watch a television show after. Yeah, nine hundred two one zero really surprise me that one shocks me because i i mean i've famously never seen an episode of beverly hills 90210 but i would assume that like if the background music is like what the background music in this show is i am shocked that it was as popular as i know i know excuse me but you know that's just my little my little digging on that i went to his website he seems like a very nice man dan come on the pod yeah we'd love to have you dan I just would like to talk. I need to know some things. I'm very concerned and confused. Apparently, he also, like, must have done the arrangement of the theme song for Molly Ringwald, which answers a previous question of how old was Molly Ringwald when she was singing this, and apparently as old as she was when making The Secret Life of the American Teenager. Oh, God. Okay. Shocking, because she is giving a teenage performance. She is. Oh, man. Okay, Okay, well... That I'm dis- glad we could discuss that real quickly. It's been weighing heavily on my soul. Yeah, I appreciate it. And going from that disturbing news, we jump right into the disturbing scene of Ben Ugh. with the giant teddy bear. The first thing I have written down is that poor teddy dot dot dot. I hate that. Because if there's one thing I hate, it is when poor unsuspecting stuffed animals are used as like the target of makeout practice in any form of media or real life. If it happens in real life, I don't want to hear about it. Stuffed animals have a level of innocence that should not be taken from them. They do not kiss. And if they do, they kiss other stuffed animals consensually. They are not make-out buddy practice. That, yeah. that giant teddy bear did not consent. No, and he did not deserve... I think it's a he because um, Henry mentioned that the teddy bear was in drag. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. Which also, you know, potentially first queer character on the show. So, like... That teddy bear icon. Truly. <laughs> but but Alice and Henry walk in and they're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Rightfully so. Which, if you knew your friends were coming over, why you would, why would you do that? While kissing this poor teddy bear, he's like putting the same like bad song on repeat. Yes. And it's like, is this setting the mood for you? Because it's not even like a romantic song. It's like weird knockoff pop punk. Yeah. It's, it is interesting ugh. that after the pilot, we have heard like no more recognizable music. That I I did take note of that as well. I think they blew their music budget <laughs> on the pilot and the rest of the season, they will just be using like sound alike music. Because yeah, I noticed that immediately every time there was like, a position where they could maybe throw in a recognizable song. It's just been, like, muted in the background, like, weird, generic stuff. So, disappointing given the strength of the pilot, you know, just charging out of the gate with Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. I know, seriously. You know, it is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) But we do get a DTR, uh, a define the relationship between Alice and Henry. You find out that they are indeed going out. And, um, finally, because, uh, Henry asks Ben, well, if you're not going to kiss her, what's the point in you going out? And Alice is like, kind of taken aback by this. And she's like, what's the point in us going out? And I was like, oh, okay. So you are going out. 
that clarified a lot of things. There aren't, or they are going out, and maybe they're not kissing. Yeah, I don't know. Is that what we were supposed to take from that? I don't know. But listen, when I when I found out they were going out, I was like, okay, I guess there are more Glee parallels. Because not only do we have the Adrian Santana Lopez parallel. Mm-hmm. Yes. I If Adrian comes out as a lesbian, I swear to God. I will be so happy. <laughs> she needs this. But then also, right, in Glee, you have Tina Cohen Chang and Mike Chang, the two Asian characters. Yes. They go out. But again, this was a year before Glee. This was two or three years before Tina and Mike would have hooked up. That's, I mean, it's true. Also, you know, while we're talking about Ben's friends, Henry's pink eye has cleared up, if anyone was oh, curious. Yes. We, the... <laughs> we said some prayers for it. Yeah. I still genuinely think the actor just had pink eye and they're like, okay, we can't move this shoot. So, so <laughs> it is a problem. <laughs> Alice is going to plan, help Ben plan his first kiss with Amy. Yeah. This his is his real kiss. His first kiss like a man. What was his first I don't I missed his first kiss with Amy. Apparently they like he like pecked her on the cheek or something. I don't remember it. Maybe it happened off screen. Maybe it was just <laughs> deeply unmemorable, as most things are with Ben. <laughs> but it, Alice is gonna help him. So then we move on and we're we're stuck back in the Jack and Grease tornado, oh. this storyline. Jack is exhausting. I want to start by saying that. Yes. Jack is so exhausting, but he rocks a burnt orange tea, and that's a hard look to pull off. Well, I did not notice, so... Oh, I did notice because my signature look from, like, fifth grade to junior year of high school was, like, a big burnt orange hoodie that I wore every single day. Okay. So, like, when I see someone else who can pull it off, it's like, you know, real recognizes real. Yeah. Um... He is already on the path of pressuring Grace to take him back, which he yeah. said he wasn't going to do. La- he said he wasn't going to pressure her into anything last yeah. episode. Um, so he's a liar. Of course. It, and also, they do state that it's been a week. So it's been seven days, approximately. Time has no meaning in this show. I'm so confused about, like, the relationship of events to each other at this point. Me too. Uh, Grace says that her parents are questioning your character, your morals, and my self-esteem. Oh, yeah, because self-esteem is her dad's big thing because he's a douche. Yeah. But Jack is like, it was only a kiss, okay? Like, chill the fuck out. Which, you know what? Number one, it wasn't just a kiss. You did sleep with Adrian. We know this happened. He was such an effective, like, liar about that point that I was starting to be like, oh, was it just a kiss? Like, he had me questioning myself. Yeah, he really, he's got the gaslight thing down already. Yes. At, uh, and like, 15, I hate, 16. I hate that for the characters of the show. I hate it worse when it works on me outside of the show. <laughs> I think that's rude and he should not be doing this. That's the 4D experience. You it get, really is. You also like, get gaslit by the character. Oh, Jack is gaslighting me personally as well. That's amazing. This whole the show is a very immersive experience. Yeah, it is. And Jack, you know, Jack and Grace, they don't want to. They Grace is kind of. She's like, whatever. I'll ask my parents tonight. She thinks they're gonna say no. And Jack goes, I've been waiting all this time. Again, it's been one week. 
Ugh. It's not like I can wait forever. And then he's like, actually, I probably could wait forever, but I don't want to. And it's like, Jack, um, shut the fuck up, first of all. Yes. Second of all, again, it's been one fucking week. Mm. And you know that he said those words, thought about it, was like, oh, wait, her big thing is she wants to wait for, you know, sex. So then he's like, wait, I've got to amend this. I could wait forever, but I don't want to. And it's like, okay, you're a loser. I mean, honestly, I think in the campaign for men are trash, um, Jack is like leading, leading that charge. His face is on my picket sign. (laughs) With a big old like X through it in red. Um, I guess... Oh, I put my paper away too soon because we have the Adrian and Mark scene in the hallway. Oh, there is a Adrian, lot that happens in like a very short amount of time. Yeah, just and it's all exposition, like it's all information we need to know. Yeah, and it's all just thrown at us within the first ten minutes. I felt like I was starting a new JRPG. <laughs> and this, this is just like I mean, it's so like so much of this. It's just like throwaway. Like, okay, we found out Adrian took the PSATs as a freshman. She's really smart. Yes. Mark, she's flirting with Mark. She doesn't want people yes. to know she's smart. Oh, she's aggressively flirting with Hot Counselor. Like, it made me uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. And, and then, like, I don't think he did enough to shut it down, personally, but whatever. I mean, I think he... He just, like, continually avoided, and then at the end, he was like, if you have any academic concerns, like, you can come to my office. But, like setting that boundary which i thought was good but like he he just kind of jumps from like a to like z because she's like oh i could go to like indiana university because they have a sex the sex ed program yeah what the fuck it's like is that a real thing also like is there a sex ed department at indiana university i have no idea and honestly if i guess maybe they live in indiana I was just going to say, is this the clue we were looking for, that they live in Indiana? And it's just in this throwaway interaction where, like, Adrian is trying to seduce Hot Counselor? I think maybe. Which, I mean, I don't know the timeline on this, but Mike Pence was uh, governor of Indiana at some point. Oh, that would explain the complete failure in, (laughs) you know... In sexual education that has led Amy into her situation. Um... Mike Pence is the reason for the secret life of the American teenager. <laughs> Truly. In the timeline. <laughs> Mike Pence leads directly to the secret life of the American teenager. It's um, that domino meme, you know? Like, yeah. Mike Pence is the bottom domino and secret life of the American teenager is the top one. <laughs> but um, she wants to go to Indiana University. You know, that's a pretty accessible school for the sex education program, which also, I think if a kid I went to high school with told me that they wanted to go to school for sex education, they would get, like, incessantly bullied. Oh, yeah. Like, now looking back on that, I could be like, yeah, like, liberation, power to you. But if you had gone to my high school, like, nobody, nobody, I personally probably wouldn't have bullied you, um, but other people would have. Yes. And all of this is delivered while she's wearing this beautiful I recycle sign boys shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Mark, he's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, fuck Indiana University. You got a really yeah. good verbal score on your PSATs, which again, like the PSATs do not mean shit. Like the SATs are, do mean something. 
And he's like, you should go to Columbia for their English lit program. That seems like a big jump. I will say like the quote unquote writer in me just feels like there were so many better ways to get across that like Adrian is really smart and might have a burgeoning interest in English that aren't like have her seduce hot counselor, you know, like, yeah, it just seems like a very weird scene. And again, like the information, I'm sure this is going to come into play. I am positive. But the way it's presented, as with every other piece of information in the show, is just off the wall, bonkers. Yeah. So Jack comes up and he's like, what the fuck? And she's like, okay, whatever. Like, I don't want to talk to you. And she like walks away and he stares at her butt. Like, Jack, you are losing points and points and points and points and points. You were already at zero. Yeah. And it's like, he obviously, he just got like, not even rejected by Grace, just like kind of pushed to the side a tiny bit. And like, he immediately goes to find Adrian. Oh yeah. Like, no, he has no person. impulse controls. Um, we get introduced to Lauren's brother, Jason. Jason. At the gas station. Again, we're at the free tampon gas station. Yes. They forced Lauren's brother to drive them to free tampon gas station to get more free tampons, which I think is kind of cool of them, honestly. I think Lauren and Jason's family must just be like really practical because Jason immediately is like, she needs to tell someone she needs to be taking prenatal vitamins. Like, I know. You need to, like, she needs to be doing something about this the same way that Lauren has been, like, consistently saying that. But he also brings up the point that Lauren's parents might not let her see Amy anymore once they find out. Which Lauren, Lauren's like, no, no, no. And Jason's like, well, like, she had sex. So, like, you know, you gotta think this through. Also, yeah. <laughs> like, how old is he? Because he seems like he's, like, maybe in college. So I'm I'm a little, and we don't get an age for him. Yeah, he just, see, he does seem, like, significantly more mature than everyone else we've been, seen in the, story, the show so far. Except for maybe Lauren, who also... Yeah. So I'm still just like, oh, are they from, like, a really, like, mature family that they understand things a little bit more, but also are not allowed to reference sex whatsoever. Like what's going on there? Yeah, they do. There is kind of a breakdown of maturity because when Jason is talking about pregnancy, Lauren and Madison are kind of like, ugh. and Lauren's like, don't say things to us like fetus. And I'm like, Oh, that is true. Of all the things he said, like that's probably what I would be fine with. But, and I will say, I'm surprised that line didn't come from uh, noted anti-abortion activist Madison. (laughs) (laughs) That seems like more her line to be like, don't call it a fetus. Truly. It is a baby. Madison is in Mike Pence's pocket. No, Madison is Mike Pence's daughter, I'm pretty (laughs) sure. I think that's going to be revealed later in this season, and I cannot wait for it. So Ma- so Lauren's parents might not let them hang out, but Madison doesn't think her dad will mind, which made me think, okay, Madison, do you not have a mom? I was like, is that, this is this an introduction to a, a single parent storyline? That could be. And we don't have many single parents at this point on this show that ha- seems to have representation of 90% of family structures right now. Yeah. Just, uh... Adrian, but her mom is never around. Yeah, I don't think we've seen her yet at this point. No. So then we have an Ashley and Amy, just like very quick interaction right before dinner, where Ashley catches Amy up on the pediatrician drama. 
and oh, gives I, her a little warning, which I do appreciate for as much as they seem to genuinely hate each other. Like in this episode, Ashley seemed to be kind of on the lookout. Like she was like, hey, just so you know, if you had some sort of checkup with a doctor, um, it might get brought up. So just brace yourself, get your lying ready. Mm-hmm. Which this, t- again, like this town seems like it's very small. Like, it must be. It seems like a one elementary school, one middle school, one high school type of deal. Yeah. And so I'm very confused about like why they don't know more, but it does seem like news to Amy, who was literally just at the pediatrician that Dr. Bowman is a part of the practice. She seems to be worried that, <laughs> you know, he might like leak her news, which yeah. again, like, have you heard of HIPAA? That is strange because isn't, usually wouldn't you see a sign somewhere of one of the like partners in a pediatrician what is it i was gonna say a firm but i know that's not what pediatricians (laughs) work in practice yeah so i'm just it is shocking like the look of horror on her face when she realizes that dr bowman is involved or is she concerned because like she knows that grace is such like a abstinence pusher that like she thinks he's going to judge her or like i'm still confused why exactly she's like that mortified yeah also, if this does answer a question, I think in maybe episode one or two, where we were like, hmm, I feel like this creep is definitely an OBGYN, which he's not. Yeah. He's a pediatrician, which is actually kind of worse for me. Yeah, I wish he wasn't. I don't wish he was an OBGYN. <laughs> I wish he wasn't allowed near kids. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he wasn't like, you know, in that part of the doctor's office where they're like, okay, bye parents. And they're like, so are you having sex? You know, like he'd be like, oh, he's definitely that guy. He'd be like, don't talk. Don't talk to me about that. He'd be like, let me pray for you. I always forgot that that was part of like the pediatrician's visits into high school as a person who did go to the pediatrician until they were 19 years old. That there's always like the portion where like, mom, can you step outside quick? (laughs) So, um, are you sexually active? And I was like. (laughs) I honestly don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't think so, but maybe on accident? Yeah, I was always like, um, no. I was like, also my mom can stay. I feel like it's fine. <laughs> she, she's not going to find anything new out here. Yeah, they were always like, have you done any drugs? And I was like, I'm sorry. What about me screams someone who is cool enough to be offered drugs? That I'm still, like, deeply ashamed that (laughs) no one in high school ever tried to push drugs on me because, like, elementary school made me think it was going to be all the time. And then I realized people just, like, didn't want to get high with me, which is really deeply offensive. (laughs) I know. Listen, me too. Okay? Me too. Okay, back to to this. Um... Yeah, back to... All of this. We are, we have a Bowman dinner. Very, very short. Completely not even worth mentioning. Other I than don't... they find that you find out that the Bowman household is not a democracy. It is a kingdom. It's a kingdom. <laughs> ruled by me. This is Dr. Bowman speaking. And then he's like, <clears throat> I mean, also your mother. Which is Although I will say this scene gave me enough time to Google why I thought Dr. Bowman looks so familiar to me. And on his IMDB page, I found two really interesting things. One was only interesting to me because it showed where I knew him from, and that was that he played um, Clark's father on the hit WB series Smallville. Did you ever watch Smallville? No. Okay, you're lucky because it's kind of heartbreaking because, like, two of the actresses that were really good in it did go on to be in, like, Recruiters for the Nexium Cult, I believe. Oh my god. 
So, like, very hard to watch now. Um, <laughs> um, the second thing I found super interesting was the actor had also appeared as in Touched by an Angel as Satan. Oh. And I was like, you know what? I kind of think he's a little Satan-y here, so I can see how he could do a very good job with that. <laughs> um, the actor reminds me of two things. I didn't look him <clears throat> up at all. But number one, he reminds me of Prince Charming from the hit classic Shrek. Oh, just like personality-wise? And or looks. voice-wise? And looks, yeah. And then the other one is he reminds me of the prince from The Princess Bride. What's The Princess Bride again? Oh, that's the one that people shame me for not liking. I'm sorry. Um, I actually cannot. I can no longer do this podcast. I knew it. I, <laughs> I try not to bring it up in conversation because it ends friendships <laughs> and business arrangements. Um, um, I didn't see it in the critical window, okay? I didn't see it when I was young, so then it wasn't good to me when I watched it as an old. Yeah, I mean, it's not like something that I watch, you know, like regularly, but I do enjoy it now and okay. again. I can understand why people would like it, maybe. I have a whole book on, like, the Dharma of the Princess Bride that talks about, like, Buddhist principles. Oh. It's pretty cool. I got it for free at the library. That sounds makes it sound like I stole a library book, which I did oh, not. <laughs> I understand. Um <laughs> No, but um, the reason I didn't instantly recognize... I always have to, like, go through every... Like, every synapse in my brain starts firing whenever someone brings up A, The Princess Bride, or B, The Princess Diaries, because they mm-hmm. are not similar at all, but I confuse them based on names. Yeah, fair enough. Um. Anyway, that dinner was not significant. The answer about Jack is no. Um, Dr. Hightower calls Amy... Yeah. And she seems like a very, like, reasonable and caring, like, doctor to have. And she's like, if you want to tell your parents, like, you can bring them into the office and we can tell them together. And Amy's just like, bitch, I do not want to talk about this. And it's like, hang, just like hangs up on her. Yeah. I, I wonder, like, I'm still trying to figure out what Amy thinks is going to happen at this point. If she obviously doesn't want to, like, get an abortion or anything. Like, obviously she's going to have to tell them at some point. And I'm just confused why she turned down, like, the very professional woman who's, like, trying to be, like, kind and gentle and, like, explanatory through all this. How revolutionary would it have been if they had, like, if she had found out she was pregnant and then, like, ABC Family, you know, had a main character, like, go through an abortion? Would they ever do that in their life? No. But... I mean, I think now that they've rebranded as Freeform, potentially. Oh, you know what? That's actually true. There's this show called The Bold Type on on Freeform, which, spoiler alert, one of the characters does get an abortion. But she's also, like, 25... Or 26, so... Yeah, I don't think at that point in ABC Family's history... Because that's too... That's why they switched to Freeform. They wanted Mm -hmm. to drop the family so that people knew they were aiming towards... They were growing up with their viewership. I think the first time I ever saw, like, an abortion on TV, though, was probably Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) Um, When Christina Yang gets an abortion, and then I... Oh, spoilers for one of the 30 seasons of Grey's Anatomy... (laughs) What the hell? <laughs> it actually happens twice. <laughs> twice? <laughs> um, like the, all good Grey's storylines, it does repeat later. But then the second time was 
probably in the first season of Shrill with A.D. Bryant, which just came out in like 2018, oh, I want to say. I was going to say, or for me, I, so. I think the first time, like I've seen movies, I think that that might be a part of maybe, but the first TV show was, I definitely, I think it was Bojack. Oh yeah. I forgot that happens in Bojack. Yeah. And, but it is also like one of the most real conversations yeah. around abortion that's in like probably any media. Like it like the episode that like deals heavily with it, like they actually talk about it, mm-hmm. which usually doesn't like it's usually just kind of like hushed tones like oh this happened if they reference it at all. But no, they had like actual like women talking about abortion, which was weirdly revolutionized i'm sorry i can't speak today uh i was like trying to place where the abortion storyline happens and then i placed it where they have aquafina not the actress aquafina oh you mean sextina aquafina sextina aquafina (laughs) doing like isn't it like get that fetus kill that fetus yes she releases a banger first of all oh my god (laughs) Okay. <laughs> we have sorry, just... <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't breathe because I just Googled to see what the name was for sure and just like... But yes, you're right. It is Get That Fetus, Kill That Fetus. The lead anyway. single off of Sextina Aquafina's album, Brap Brap Pew. Okay, I'm sorry. Now that we're done talking about like one of the best shows ever, let's continue <laughs> talking about one of the other best shows ever. Um, We have the next scene... Ricky calls Adrian and is like, can I come over? And Adrian's like, yeah. And then he knocks at the door and she's like, I told you to call first. And he's like, I did. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay, Ricky, that's odd behavior. And you should know this. And he does know this. I'm sure. The entire, this entire scene, all I could think about was how Ricky is like a bargain brand. Jess Mariano. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, but, like, Jess could actually, like, act. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why he's bargaining. No, but I understand what... Yeah, yeah. No, that is funny because, yeah, now we have, like, a Jared Padalecki knockoff looks, like a Dean lookalike with Jack, but not really act-alike, but kind of act-alike a little bit, let's be real. Yeah, Yeah, it really... You can see the Gilmore Girls just jumping out of this. Yeah, teen tropes, man. Now that you say that, I'm... It's hard to not look at that actor's performance and not think like, oh, he watched three episodes of Gilmore Girls and is just copying Milo Ventimiglia. Yeah. Which, thank you for pronouncing his name. I did not want to attempt that. Oh, see, I don't know if I did it correct and I was um, just hoping we would breeze past it without making a thing. (laughs) We're breezing past. (laughs) Okay, moving on. That's definitely how you say it. Trust me. (laughs) So, um, I want to say his name's Ken, but... Ricky's therapist calls and leaves him a voicemail um, about missing therapy, and he's missed several appointments. And the guy's like, you need the help, and I need the money. I like that therapist, I gotta say. But also, here's another question that this brings up with, like, the whole time-wise thing. How often is Ricky going to therapy? Because it's been one week, and I know we saw him at a therapy session recently in one of these episodes. That's true. The first episode, because that's when they dropped, like, the bombshell. So it can't have been that long. So he must be going multiple times a week? You know, who knows? Which is very possible, but... Good for him if he is. Yeah, like... Well, actually, 
obviously not good for him because he's missed several sessions. So, um, then the therapist threatens to call his mother. I'm assuming his foster mom. I was thinking that too, because. So then we're back at Amy's house. Amy's mom notices her swollen feet. We got a, we got a nice, uh, we got a nice feet, uh, pick of, Shailene Woodley. And we were supposed to just know that they were swollen, I guess? I don't know. Also, like, does... I mean, your feet don't really get swollen until much later in your pregnancy, so Okay, thank you for saying that, because so many of her, like, quote-unquote symptoms and stuff, I'm like, does this all happen at once immediately? No. So I think part of it is probably literally that she was at marching band too long. Maybe she needs to decrease her sodium intake. Um, Um... this was a great moment for Molly Ringwald to again point out how much she just hates this marching band. Oh yeah, absolutely despises it. And um, the dad is late. George is late getting home apparently. Also, the like Molly Ringwald just slips in that like you know Amy has Juilliard aspirations apparently yeah! for marching band. What was that for French? So Amy's going to major in French horn performance at Juilliard? Okay. She needs to get bullied a little bit. That was No, she does. And, like, I don't think anyone is doing that. Oh, my God. It's yeah. unfortunate. Like, I just, I get very, some of the things that are just thrown as offhand remarks in this show are just, oh, okay. Yeah, the exposition I, is all in passing, and it's all jaw-dropping. Yes. I have honestly, I have not been this shocked by, like, words thrown off in passing by a show ever i don't think yeah so um the mom wants to take her shopping this weekend and amy i think is having a little bit of money anxiety around the baby because she's like we literally Mm. just went shopping for clothes for school and her mom and her mom's like we should get you new shoes and we should get you new like dating outfits and it's like okay Amy's clearly uncomfortable with that idea, but the mom's like, whatever. And then Amy's like, I think Amy also is just having some anxiety. She needs that buffer. I can see her and Ashley are going to get a lot closer, hopefully, as the season goes on. But she's like, can we take Ashley? And the mom was like, do we have to? Joking. But it's like, wow, like, you guys just really hate her. I will say I accept it more as a joke from Mommy Ringwald than I do from... (laughs) That jerk, the father, because he seems to actually hate her, where she, I can see, like, she's making a little joke that maybe doesn't land, because so many people say it seriously Mm -hmm. about her, but, um, also, did you notice, I'm just, I don't know how Amy is surviving right now, because it seems like the entire time that she's in conversation with her mother, she is covering her stomach with something. Yeah. And it's just like, is this how you're, like, being all the time? She just never uses her arms. Yeah, she was, like, holding, I think, like, a French horn or something in front of her stomach for most of that scene and, like, backing away and, like, obviously trying to hide herself. And it's like, what do you do when you don't have something in reach? Like, is this... That's gotta be exhausting. I can Mm -hmm. see why she's tired. So, Alice is helping Ben. They come up with the plan for the county fair. We find out Ben is a little bitch. Um, Yeah. (laughs) We find out. We know. We have known this. But we find out Alice's name in this scene. Thank God. Yes, finally. finally. And then she leaves after they come up with the brilliant plan that Ben will kiss Amy on the bench on the carousel. 
Which, I'm sorry, if anyone ever took me to the bench on the carousel, I would break up with them immediately. That's the worst spot. I want to be on a horse. I would be like, no thank you. Thank, yeah, thank you. It's like, there's, there's a tiger over there. I think I'm going to sit on that one. <laughs> Don't wait up. I'd be like, actually, I'm a lesbian. I wasn't going to yeah. come out for five more years, but you made me come out much sooner. You have shoved me out of the closet. Thank you for that. Um, oh. but we do get to meet Ben's dad, um, straight off yes. the bat. I, is he in the mafia? I think he must have been in one of those shows, right? Like He literally also, looks straight off the Sopranos. <laughs> yes, and he is the Sausage King, which, did we know this beforehand? No. Was this the first episode it was revealed that he's the Sausage King? Because yes. they hit that heavy. Yes. Um, and his dad gives him the comforting advice that even if you bump noses, it'll get better from there. Is this also where, like, doesn't he comment on him, like, loving her or something? Yeah, and it's like... And it's like, how are you not com- Like, every Alice is the only one who seems to realize that Ben is taking everything way, 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 way too fast. Like, yeah. for the father to also be like, oh, this girl you've been dating for a week and a half. You love her, don't you? No. It's like, come on, you gotta dial it back. You gotta tell him to dial it back. True. Or I will go through the TV screen and fight him. <laughs> Ricky leaves Adrian. Adrian just always wants Ricky to stay over and she does not get it. Like that is a boundary, Adrian. Stop that... stop doing that. You're going to get yes. disappointed every time because he's going to re- you're going to feel rejected every time if you do not respect that boundary. That is true. And also, I understand why she wants it because he does immediately leave and call Grace. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um <laughs> He I does... get why she wants a little security in this relationship because um, she is being played hard. Yeah. And she knows it, but she doesn't want to know it whenever he's around. Yeah. Grace is like crying on her bed. Ricky calls her. And Ricky's like, also, I know you're upset right now, but also I want to tell you that you have hurt my feelings because it seems like you're avoiding me. She oh seems genuinely shocked like, by this. She's like, no, no, no. I haven't been avoiding you. But like, okay, Ricky. Ricky is, he's awful in this. Like, this bothers me so much. Like, he just goes straight from sleeping with Adrian to, like, emotionally manipulating Grace. Probably in an attempt to sleep with her, too, it seems like. Yeah, and he's like, no offense, but you're literally making all of this about you, and it's not about you. He just, like, hardcore negs her the whole time. And she's like, no, you're right. I am making this about me. And she's like, Adrian's sexy and I'm not. And Ricky's like, no, 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 honey, you are sexy. <laughs> I, I really like Grace, but she is so like naive that it like, I want to shake her and be like, honey, wake up. I know. But we also, no one's obviously doing that because she does mention that she doesn't have friends. Oh, that's later. That's later? Isn't that during this conversation? No. I think that's in the next episode. It's in my notes for this episode. Because <laughs> doesn't he say, like, say you're going out to meet one of your friends and then go meet Jack. And then she's like, I don't have any friends. I think she might mention it multiple times. Yeah, it's so sad. It made me so sad. Because, like, she's the sweetest. Like, doesn't she have any friends at church? I know. I feel very I feel very sad. For, like, she's a cheerleader. I just, I'm confused how she doesn't have friends, honestly. Like, that sounds rude, and that sounds like one of those awful things you shouldn't say to people. Like, oh, how are you still single? But, like, she's such a sweetheart, it seems like. She doesn't seem, like, overly mean. Oh, wait. No, no, no. It's literally, it's in my notes following. Sorry, I was trying to find it. Thank you. It does happen in this episode. I felt like I was talking to Ricky for a second. (laughs) So, Ricky is going to help Grace sneak around with Jack. Yes. And... Adrian is not a fan of this. 
And he's no. like, well, I wasn't asking you. I'm telling you, sweetie. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck I up. I hate him so much. I hate him so much right now. Um, and, and Adrian's like, we're just bed buddies. It's like, okay. But then Ugh. Jack is into the idea of Grace sneaking around. But Jack, it's Jack who says this, not Ricky. Jack is mad that it's Ricky that's going to be helping Grace. And he's like, yes. can it be one of your friends? And okay. She, and she, she says, says the heartbreaking line that friends. she does not have any friends. That made me so sad. Like, it took me out of the whole episode. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh my god. I was god. like, girl, I'll be your friend if you need me to. But, um, yeah, this is the moment I have in my notes that this is where um, Grace starts being Lane Kim. You know, she starts sneaking around to circumvent yeah. her very religious parents. I but always wanted is... to be Lane Kim with oh, her cool she... closet and her floorboard hiding. When she opens up a floorboard, every time I get a rush. <laughs> and like, obviously Grace is not to that level yet. I hope she does get there because Lane was the coolest. Like her double life seemed exhausting, but also I wanted it. I mean, kind of, we did get that double life. I mean, a little bit, but like not in a fun way. Yeah, more in like a religious like trauma a kind traumatic, of way. Traumatic, traumatic. <laughs> just, just deeply traumatic. But then Ben officially invites Amy to the... The county fair. The county fair and says that there's corn dogs. And Amy's like, you had me at corn dogs. So This also, again, like just my relation to this show spatially is so confused. Like I feel like I'm untethered from the time stream because like when... Let me just ask you this first. Around where you grew up or whatever, was there a county fair? Yeah. When was it? In the summer. Okay. Mine I know. was also in the summer, and I'm like, okay, we are like several weeks into school, presumably. Listen, I have been to the Elkhart County Fair, and it was in April. Yeah. Or, no, just, not April, August. I was about to say, like, okay, you're making a totally different point, but like, I'll go with it. I believe you. No, August. Yeah. Which Elkhart County is in... Indiana. Oh, I know. I drove through it every time I went back to school. Elkhart, Indiana, come on the pod. We'd love to talk to you. So, um, they come home from shopping. There's some mom and dad drama. Um, dad has to get his own food. Um, and he's, like, very pissed about that. Okay. Mom is being very short with him, and, like, I get it because he's been just absent, and she apparently does not know where he is at any time during this episode. So I'm, like... Yeah, she's being a little short with him, but I stand, I, like, I think it's great. I think she's in the right. I don't know what's going on, but I know he's in the wrong. I can just guarantee that regardless. Oh, yeah. Always side with Molly Ringwald. Oh, but for sure. That's the whole plot of 16 Candles. Then Ashley is like, she's like playing peacekeeper a little bit. And she's like, do you want me to come with you? And he goes, I'd like that princess. And I was like, uh, <laughs> jail, 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 Don't jail, you jail. pretend to like this daughter now. Um, Ashley tells Amy she looks kind of sexy for her date. Amy looks the most... Did she pick out the clothing that would make her look the most Le pregnant? It looked... That's what I thought. Like, it was so billowy <laughs> around the stomach that I thought... When Ashley says, you kind of look, and then she goes, sexy, I definitely thought she was going to be pregnant. Uh-huh. Which also um, would have made more sense with Amy's reaction, which is just, like, anger. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, Amy, again, is wearing the, uh, the, her signature look, spaghetti straps, but not mm. over a crew neck this time. This time it's a V-neck, which is an interesting yes. choice. The layers. All the layers. Um, Ricky picks Grace up at the Bowman's. 
And Dr. Bowman is like, I don't want Grace going to the fair. It can be kind of rough. That was the funniest thing I've ever heard. I was like, I'm sorry. What the fuck? What is happening at your county fair? And then I will say it is a Midwestern county fair. I grew up going to Midwestern county fairs. And I do know at the end of the night, usually it was like me and my cousins having to wander around. Because like at least one of my parents and most of my aunts and uncles were just like, drunk and like yelling at each other and like getting into fights so like i do get what he means it's rough but also it's not that rough suck it up man yeah seriously um so then he sets the curfew of nine fifty seven sharp which is just <sighs> a bullshit curfew he's just an, i hate that man <laughs> and ricky is like listen i got the tickets for the county fair from a cop you know because i know them because i'm a foster kid really yeah. playing it up he and plays, then, like, seven different cards at once. And it kind of works, I guess, for his argument. He's like, I'm a foster kid. I know every cop in the county. I got these tickets for free. And then he does the, like, oh, if you don't like it, we can just stay here and hang out with you. Which I thought was where that was going to head. Like, he was going to hijack the date and, like, ingratiate himself to Grace's parents. And I'm like, oh, you dick. I thought that's what was going to happen, too. Um, and he also plays the, you know, Jack kissed my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Um, Which, in the star. end, is the play that finally gets him to agree. Because when they leave, Dr. Bowman says to Mrs. Bowman, like, Hey, they're just using each other to get their respective exes jealous. And if it pisses off Jack, I like it. Yeah. He's like, hey, drummer boy, I know all the cops in oh. the town. And Grace is like, what the fuck? No, he doesn't. <laughs> you do not. <laughs> Like, why would you know them? You're a doctor. <laughs> also, their town probably has like 40 people in it. Oh, yeah. Then um, Ben picks Amy up and he goes, you look seriously, woman. I hate Ben. <laughs> I do too. Like, I just want to like, again, I would like to shake Amy as well and be like, this is the guy? <laughs> really? Alice and Henry are making out on the carousel. We really only see the carousel of the county fair. That's it. And apparently it's the kind of carousel where you can just get up and walk off at any point <laughs> because Jack and Grace like have this weird little suggestive flirting thing and just like stand up and walk off the carousel as it's moving. They do. <laughs> Which... and, uh, Lord and Madison are like, we want boyfriends. And I was like, honestly, just date each other. Well, Whatever. that's the thing. Yeah, because they're sitting right behind Alice and Henry, who are just going at it, taking the idea of using the bench, which <laughs> is very funny to me. But, you know, they finally get on the bench. It's their second time riding the carousel. That goes so slowly, you can get up and walk off of it. And yeah. Ben goes to kiss Amy, and Jesse, what does Amy do? Oh, she voms all over, which I'm so happy. That's also what I would do if Ben tried to lean in and kiss me. I think they were trying to play this off as like a morning sickness type thing. But yeah. honestly, if you just went through to a county fair and like ate a shit ton of food and then you were on like a rickety carousel, I could see like myself throwing up. Oh, for sure. And then with like the added, you know, baby kicking things around in the stomach thing, I guess. I don't understand. Pregnancy. I'm sorry. <laughs> the baby is like the size of it's less like... than the size of like a pea and it's kicking around. In my mind, the baby is full size at all times and it just like stretches it out as it needs more space once it learns to grow and contract. I don't know things. Um. Then Amy gets home from the 
Uh, Fair and Ashley wants to know all about Amy throwing up. And she's like, our parents already went to bed. What time? Like, my parents, if I was out on a date with a curfew, like, my parents would not go to bed before I, like, got home. But Ashley is very concerned about them fighting, which does make my heart a little, like, sad. Yeah. Okay, poor Ashley. Yeah, I, I do feel for Ashley. In, in this episode in particular, it's like one of the first times you really start to see some of her soft spots coming out. Mm-hmm. And she she's like curled up with a blanket and she's like, she really needs to get this off her chest. And she's yes. like, you're not like pregnant or something, are you? And Ashley, she like immediately, she's like, doesn't give Amy time to answer. She's like... I want to, like, you're going to need a friend yes. in the house. Like, I yeah. want to help oh, you. When she says, you're going to need a friend, and Amy's like, I have friends. And she's like, not in this house. And that, like, mm-hmm. oh. I was also, like, that is very sweet. She's being very sweet about it. Also, leading up to asking if she's pregnant, she gives, like, this long speech. And her delivery, all I could think of was the iconic Bella Swan. You're impossibly fast and strong. <laughs> Your skin is pale white and ice cold. <laughs> Like, just the delivery was so say similar it. that... It, <laughs> and she kind of does the same thing. She's like, are you pregnant? Like, puts her on the spot like that, where she's like, you you're, you have to deny it and, like, make it yeah. convincing. And she's like, I can't. No, actually, like, a really touching scene that, like, my terrible brain destroyed <laughs> by making it about Twilight. Amy, Shailene had not come into her own, I don't think, yet. But she's, like, no. kind of, like, holding back tears. Does not commit to this scene, it feels like. But she's like, no. yeah. Don't tell anyone, okay? I'll tell them when I need to. I will say, I've enjoyed Shailene's acting in a lot of things. I don't think she's come into her own as an actor during the first four or three or whatever episode this is of The Secret Life of the American Teenager quite yet. Because I did look it up and there is some overlap between like her doing this show and her giving her like career-defining performance in The Descendants with George Clooney, for which he was nominated for a Golden Globe Award. Interesting. So (laughs) I'm wondering, like, as the seasons go on, like, she knows how to act by that movie. (laughs) So I'm wondering, at what point is it going to, like, flip a switch, and all of a sudden we're going to be like, wow, Amy Jurgens, What a character. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, I also want to say, very clearly... Shailene, if you're listening to this, we love you. We're not we're not coming for you. We we believe in you. We enjoy you. We think it's really cool that you got arrested for protesting. Come on the pod anytime. You're welcome. Yeah, Shailene, um, you were my gay awakening, so let's chat. And in a way, mine too, but that's more complicated. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. That's like kind of an insult. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean it, Shailene. I'm sorry. <sighs> okay. <laughs> So we go to Ricky bringing Grace home. They're past curfew, but like Dr. Bowman is like interrogating them. But like Grace called and told her mom they were going to stop at the Dairy Shack, which just sounds like honestly a horrible restaurant. That sounds like the restaurant of the third circle of hell. Yeah, I would definitely go there, but I wouldn't feel good about it. No, I would go there and then I like would get food poisoning. I have fully like left apple juice in my fridge so long that it did ferment and like it was physically painful to drink, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, Ricky gets the honestly, he gets like the best deal out of this because he got to have sex with Adrian. Yeah. He didn't have to go to the stupid county fair. He gets oh, yeah. paid. 
he gets by paid. Dr. Bowman. Because yes, he pays him back because they got a big ass dog and he, he's like, oh, that must have cost you at least $100, which I think he was laying a trap. Yeah, and because, he was like 50. Yeah. Pretty nice. It's pretty nice. This is like, like peak recession time. Oh, yeah, you're right. This was the financial crisis. So, just throwing around $50. Okay, 1%. Yeah, I mean, he's a doctor. Um, Then we go back, and Ashley is still crying on the couch. But Ben comes back, and he brought Amy ginger ale, which is kind of sweet. And also her coat. And he's like, I rinsed off your coat. Also, okay. was that was that like a leather coat? Like, I don't think you should be rinsing <laughs> that. Like, so. I don't think that's proper care for the leather, if that is real leather. Then he, you know, leans in for their for their first official kiss. Oh, yeah. Cause, and I forgot something. What? And then he just, like, kisses her. <laughs> well, like, is Ashley still in the room at that point? Or yeah, has she, she's, like... No, she's still no, on she the left. couch. Oh, she is still on the couch? Yeah. Okay, and, weird. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Amy's, like, in her robe. Yes, but... I'm surprised she went to the door in her jammies. I know. And also, her parents are asleep. I'm just very confused. There's so many th- so many things that would not have flown in my household. I just wrote gross, heterosexual nonsense. Yes, it, it, this whole... I mean, this that's what this show is. That would be the better title for the show, <laughs> would just be heterosexual nonsense. Ashley, we end this episode. Oh. Ashley goes, does he know? And they're, like, both... Ashley's wrapped in, like, a blanket. And yes. Amy is wrapped in, like, a robe. And I feel like I definitely have memories of seeing the two of them, like, wrapped up in the yes. hallway on, like, promotional clips yeah. from, like, this time on ABC Family. Yes. And that... Um... I'm going to say it. My favorite thing that a television program will do is when two people hug inside of a blanket. You know, like, that's mm. one of those tropes that I'm like, oh, I'm... It gets me every time, you know, <laughs> similar to in movies when they say the name of the movie or yeah, in musical theater when people sing to each other on their knees. Okay, you lost me there, but... The horniest thing you're allowed to do in musical theater is to have the two leads cupping each other's faces and singing to each other while on their knees. Okay. And that is all we need to say on that. And people who watch musical theater, they know what I'm saying. Um... My, just like my overall thoughts for this episode is that, um, it on it, like I could have done without. Like the episode before it, I was so thrilled by so many like odd choices, you know, that, you know, you had Adrian zipping up Jack's pants, you know, there was nothing in this episode that was anything like that. And I do know that since that happened, that will be my barometer for every Mm -hmm. other event on this show. There was strange things. There were things that were shocking, but they were all delivered in such an offhand way that they didn't register as shocking. It was like, oh, Amy wants to go to Juilliard. Oh. Yeah. These families don't like each other. Oh. Like, until the last, like, three minutes when Ashley and Amy have that scene, this episode really did nothing for me. No, they could have, they literally could have put all of what happened in this episode in passing in the next episode. Yes. Which the next episode, oh god, I'm very oh excited Lord. for. That's the th- this this episode is book shelved between two of like the wildest episodes I've seen in my life. So Yeah. So Yeah, just I could have I agree with you. I could have done without most of this or just had it absorbed into other pieces of episodes, which would have made it flow better probably. But I don't really think they really thought they were going to actually get a show out of this. Well, that's the thing. It it does I do get the vibes that they threw everything they had at the pilot, and then they were like, 
holy shit, they actually bought it. And then they had to throw some stuff together. And I don't know. Maybe that's being too mean. I don't know what it takes to create an ABC Family drama in 2008. Maybe it's really hard. I couldn't tell you. I mean, I was like 12 years old at that point, I think. So like, I don't know. I don't know. My only barometer, really, the only like ABC original show that I watched... I watched The Nine Lives of Chloe King for a very brief period because there was this fever dream of a show called House of Anubis on Nickelodeon. Oh, House of Anubis. Also, all your favorite British slash Australian or whatever actors were on House of Anubis. I'm oh, just yeah. going to say that right now. Um, I loved House of Anubis. But the main character from House of Anubis, that actress, was in The Nine Lives of Chloe King, but then they canceled that after like half a season. I was going to say that one I remember, but it was such a flash in the pan. Like, it was... Mm-hmm. And then the other one, like, I did watch was Pretty Little Liars, which the production value on Pretty Little Liars, I feel like, was pretty high. Definitely, like, comparably, I feel, again, I watched one episode of Pretty Little Liars, so I don't really know, but, like, I see what you're saying. I think And they had, I mean, they also had, like, a whole series of of books to base their television show off of, so. That's true. And that show literally required so much forethought, because there's, like, Easter eggs so Oh, like, yeah, they had that one plotted out. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I ever watched an ABC Family show, now that I think about it. Like, I always wanted to. Like, I really wanted to watch Greek for some reason. I have no idea why. Yeah, I couldn't. I think it's but probably because like, you were gay. No, for sure. Like, that guy was, like, <laughs> the shaggy-haired look. No, any ABC Family show that I did want to watch, that was definitely the reason. And I robbed myself of so many good experiences. <laughs> If they were all like this, I really do feel like I've missed so much. You know, you can always go back. That's the thing. And it still hits. I'm just going to say it. Maybe not this episode. This show still hits, though. Yeah, it does. It shouldn't, but it does. So this has been episode three of Secret Life of Two Gay American Teenagers with Jesse and Aaron. Yeah, like, if you're enjoying it which you should be, just share us with your friends and family and your loved one. Yeah. Like our socials. Your two gay friends. Your two gay... It's so easy to remember. And for some of you, it might be a reality that we're your only two gay friends. So, you know, you've got to cultivate this relationship or people are going to start to ask questions about where your loyalties are. Just going to say it. Just going to say it. It's true. If you are friends with us, you're financially liable to listen to this podcast. Yeah, you have to at least, like, listen enough that you can talk about it to us like if we say how'd you like it i need to hear at least three solid details of things you did like i don't care if you skip around the episode to find them we will no longer be friends anymore yeah i ask you about the podcast and you cannot answer yeah that's that's just rudeness honestly there's no reason (laughs) for that the number one thing they tell you in show business is like not to take any anything personally but we are taking this very personally yes we are famously not in show business we're two (laughs) people with a podcast okay anyway um have a lovely evening yes yes enjoy yourselves take only what you need from it you know okay goodbye goodbye